Let's go over part three of Disenchantment and theorize on what's next for Bean and everybody else with a significant story arc. Hi guys, welcome back to the Fangirl. I'm McGann and my head is just swimming after seeing part three of Disenchantment. If you haven't watched it yet, I mean there is really way too much going on to try and catch you up with a few paragraphs, so go watch it first. Be prepared, no spoilers will be spared here. There is so much going on in part three. Those hollowed out elves we see at the end of part two turn out to be an entirely different species of creature called Trogs. They draw their power from the moon and believe that Elfo, Lucy, and Bean are their saviors although saviors of what, we don't even know. Then there's King Zog going crazy and ending up in Twinkletown Insane Asylum by the end of part three. Derek hits puberty and then runs away to be a pirate with Una. The king and queen of Bentwood, you know, Prince Markhammer's parents, say that Dreamland has a secret resource that they want to get their hands on, but they never say what it is. Big Joe returns again after dying twice before, and he has information about a curse on the Og Dynasty. The Lost Elf Kingdom is discovered underneath Dreamland, which seems like trouble ahead. Elfo gets captured by ogres. Lucy dies and goes to heaven. Alva Gunderson, this uber-rich factory owner in Steamland, turns out to be spying on Dreamland through the red dot on Zog's crown. And Bean, as the queen of Dreamland now, is taken down to a fiery pit where Dagmar refers to her as the bride. So how is this all going to play out in part four? Well, to tackle what I think is the easiest issue first, Elfo still doesn't know who his mother is, and that's something that needs to be resolved before the end of the series, and I guarantee you that that is what the ogres have come to collect him for. I know, the ogres seem really hostile when they show up in Dreamland, but they never actually explain why they're there. And if they wanted to kill Elfo, they could have done that instantly. No need to drag him outside of Dreamland to do that. In fact, the only thing they ever ask the ogres is, what Elfo do to you anyways, or something like that. And Junior, the prince of the Ogre Kingdom responds with, he blinded me in both eyes and hurt my feelings. But it's never stated that that's why they're actually there. Junior is just answering the question that got asked. So I'm going to double down on my last disenchantment theory and reproclaim that the Queen Ogre is Elfo's mother or aunt or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Elfo's father said that his mother is dead, but maybe he got confused or maybe he made an assumption that was just plain wrong. With Derek, Una does mention going back out to sea so that she can become a stronger ally for Bean later, so I'm kind of expecting some big battle to break out in Dreamland, and then Una will come sailing in like Gandalf in the 11th hour with a navy full of pirates. And since they've already made Derek hit puberty in the show, I would kind of expect for him to keep growing and end up being a really strong, competent fighter under Una's training. Really, I think a lot of Derek's softness is because he spends a lot of time being locked up in his room room and never gets involved in anything important. But he does love his father, he loves his mother, he loves his sister, so maybe he's willing to evolve for their sake. And certainly, as a pirate prince, Derek will be leading a much different life, so we'll see how that goes. Next, I firmly believe that the secret resource that Bentwood wanted is either going to be elves or trogs. However, since nobody above ground seems to even know what a trog is, I still still wonder if they aren't some kind of cursed elf that's going to be restored to normal after Lucy, Bean, and Elfo do something. They always tell you to go with your gut, and when I 
first saw the trogs, I really thought that they were these emaciated mole trolls that were just forced to live underground and they were subservient for some cursed reason. But I think we'll find out soon enough more about the trogs and their backstory. And this is just kind of a wild guess here, but I suspect that after some kind of big battle, Bean is going to return Dreamland to the elves, and that's going to instantaneously cure the curse on the trogs and lift the madness off of Zog. Then, looking at Bean, I have suspected since part two that Dagmar wanted to sell her off to be Satan's bride. I actually almost made that theory video, but then went, nah, that sounds too much like the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Then we got those last few moments in part three, and I was just like, dang it, I should have spoke up. Because seriously, at the end of part three, I don't know what else could be happening other than being tying the knot with the devil himself. And all we really know for sure is that Dagmar's homeland Maru is way past due on their debt to the underworld. And I would guess that that debt's related to Maru gaining magic and or vanquishing the kingdom of Cremora where everyone was turned to stone by Maruvians. I mean, it would explain why Maru has a gateway to hell right there in their castle. So Bean is set to marry somebody very important in the underworld and I'm gonna say Satan because who else is there really? Actually, I take that back because unless Satan is a shapeshifter, we've already seen him in the show before. So considering the figure we're looking at is a much slender, more man-sized figure, maybe that's Satan's son. But even if Dagmar does deliver Bean, she can't force her to say, I do, right? Well, true enough, there's a lot about free will in regards to Satan, so you have to choose to do this or that or whatever to be part of that landscape. But Bean might agree to getting married if her wedding gift is bringing Lucy back from the dead. And that's really the most seamless way to bring Lucy back because his head got severed. So it's not like Bean can sneak him out of heaven and return him to his body like she did with Elfo. If Lucy did that, he'd probably just die all over again because the corpse is all discombobulated. So Lucy's dead for good unless Bean makes some pinky promise deal with the devil. And I honestly can't see her story going any other way. And of course, she'll probably find a way to get out of actually saying I do, but it's it's gonna be a ride. And that just leaves us with Alva Gunderson and Steamland to figure out, and I think there's a few different ways that this could work. Either Alva is just a really shrewd businessman who wants another natural resource to exploit, or he's actually Satan or the son of Satan. Hear me out. It's true that Alva believes in science, not religion, but wouldn't somebody who's wanting to send souls to hell try to convince as many people as possible that religion isn't real? And we know it's real in this universe because both Alpha and Lucy go to heaven. Alva is also spying on Dreamland with the goal of marrying Bean to help spread the word of science, thusly eliminating more religious patrons. The more society has technology, the less it tends to depend on faith because you don't need to pray for water for your crops, you just use science. And sure, maybe Alva's an atheist and that's why he wants science to spread over religion, but let us not forget Alva's obsession with marrying Bean, which wouldn't be required to strike a deal with Dreamland. Alva could bring his people forward and say, hey, we're from this other place, here's some of the stuff we can do. We want to study what's going on in Dreamland and make your lives better too, and, and that's a very interesting proposal that a lot of people would probably accept. Marriage in this situation is just gratuitous, unless there's some kind of pre-existing deal with Maru in place. So maybe Alva was trying to win Bean over to give her free will in the marriage, or maybe Bean getting married without Dagmar 
are being involved will void the contract with Maru, but there is something a lot deeper to that proposal than just trying to unite Steamland and Dreamland. I've also considered that Alva is aware of what Dagmar's doing with Bean and he's trying to stop that wedding to Satan or his son or whatever. However, keep in mind that any kind of advanced mechanics we've seen so far has been exclusively in Steamland. And uh, what happens at the end of part three? Oh yeah, Dagmar appears in a Dreamland tower through an elevator that's hidden behind a bookcase. Now, Dagmar didn't make that alone because she uses magic. She's not an engineer. And we know the Trogs didn't do it because they use those tiny tunnels. So the only person who could have made that elevator to hell is Alva. And that means he not only knows about everything going on in Dreamland, but he's very well aware that magic is real as well as heaven and hell. So he's running a kingdom with all of these ideas that he knows are false and there has to be some kind of payoff for Alva to do that. Finally, if we look at the silhouette in episode 30, it seems to fit the general profile of Alva, minus the horns of course, but come on. If he's some magical demon, he can hide his horns as easily as he slaps on that fake mustache. So all the pieces seem to fit that Alva is going to be the groom at the end of that flaming hallway. And I think that these are all pretty solid theories for how everything's going to happen in part four, but as for how they're all gonna fit together, I really don't know. I envision this big battle where Elfo brings the ogres and Una brings the pirates, Zog brings the crazies, and even the elves and trogs join in to battle Maru and Satan. Frankly though, I'm kind of worried that part four is gonna be the end of the series. It feels like all of these different story arcs that could have taken place over seasons and seasons are about to come to a head, and unless the writers start throwing out new things to freshen up the plots, Bean and Dreamland's adventures are gonna be done. I know we should want a story to end when it logically ends and not have it carry on for years past its prime, but Disenchantment could have had a lot more AB story plots instead of going so hardcore in serialization. And for anybody who is not familiar with those terms, an AB story plot is basically when you have two different storylines and they both wrap up by the end of the episode. That's how The Simpsons does things and it makes it a lot easier to syndicate a series because you can show things out of order without confusing the audience. And a lot of parts one and two of Disenchantment were kind of AB stories where it wasn't a building plot and you needed to watch and focus on every episode. Now there might be something important that you want to see in every episode but you could get by seeing most of them out of order and be fine. And if you haven't guessed by now, a serialized show is one where you do have to watch every episode to stay in the loop and understand what's going on. If you think of a drama, those tend to be serialized where there's one giant overarching story per season that gets wrapped up by the last episode. And that's where Disenchantment is as a part three. I mean, even in part two, there were quite a few episodes where you could kind of skip them if you wanted to. Like the one with Zog and Ursula. So far, Ursula has never come back in and neither has the whole Silky concept, so there's no point in that episode technically. There might have been some little things or some emotional growth, but it 
if you don't watch that episode and you skip to the end, you're, you're not going to be lost. But part three of Disenchantment was very much serialized. You had to see every minute to understand the whole picture by the end. So I'm really curious about what part four is going to look like and if it will be a serial or if they'll put in more AB stories. Futurama is another show that did it beautifully where they had a lot of AB and some serial episodes and it just worked together gorgeously, I thought. But I guess we'll see what uh, Matt and the writers have in store next year and beyond for Disenchantment. I hope that it does not end at part four. I hope that there is more to come, but I have a feeling everything's going to wrap up so tidy after part four that that's going to be the end. And I might be overthinking it, but that's literally my job. And or vanquishing the kingdom of Cremora. 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 Thusly converting more people away from relig religion. <laughs> Being the puppy says watch Disenchantment for her namesake and enjoy part three. Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current P.O. Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family members. Bye.